what exhausts me so much about even like picking up my phone right now and looking. I had taken Facebook completely off of my phone for like four or five weeks and I thought, election's over. I'm just going to put it back on for a few days. Abort, 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 abort. Yeah. So, um, Hey everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. everybody and welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. It's our monthly State of the Union address and we have got lots of fun things to talk about today. Like we've been doing, we're going to cover the local, the state, and the federal level of topics and we'll just kick it right off with the local level, which is just an update from me and an update from Kelly on some lighthearted fun things that we have either been reading or watching or listening to or experiencing. So Kelly, you start off and I'll join when you get done. Yeah. So as we speak, I'm like rubbing my poor hand. Like I, I feel like I have like early on, or maybe it's not early, but I have like arthritis or something. I've been repainting our playroom, which Ooh. is a shingle room. Like there are shingles indoors. So I'm having to like hand paint every single individual oh, wow. shingle. Um, so anyway, I spent all day yesterday and legit listened to an eight hour audiobook. <laughs> front to cut, front cover to back cover or whatever, like first chapter to last. And um anyway, it was fun though. It was um Chris Voss and he is like a former FBI like terrorist negotiator guy. I think we've talked about him before. Um Dak mm-hmm. Shepard had him on his podcast a long time ago. Anyway, yeah. his book Never Split the Difference is basically about negotiation. He weaves in his stories from like kidnapping situations or hostage negotiations into like the business world or your family or (laughs) negotiating with a child to go to bed on time. Um, It's fun. It's a fun read. I kind of hate that he didn't read it because he's like this hardcore, like, you know, New York gruff accent, like gangster mafia kind of guy. But anyway, they gave, they gave it, they gave that job to somebody else. But, um, it was great. Andrew came in at one point and was like trying to help me paint. And he just stopped. He was like, you can't use this stuff on me. I was like, <laughs> use this stuff on you? I started mirroring. I started like, oh, there's all these tactics that he gives. <laughs> and he says in the book, he's like, try this next time you go to a restaurant or, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh, God, this is bad. But you know what's funny, Claire? Like a lot of the things he was saying, like the recommendations, um, I kind of already do. Like, oh, okay. I don't. I don't know if a lot of people do this to get their way, quote unquote, um, but a lot of the stuff that he recommends and the tactics um, are things that I already kind of try, you know, ingratiating mm-hmm. yourself with, you know, the the airline worker or whatever, like yeah. little things like that to get upgrades. Um, those things have always worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, huh, there's a name for that. So anyway, I loved it. I thought it was a great read. Highly recommend. Well, it sounds very psychological. Like, yeah, not, yeah. I won't say manipulative, but maybe to um, some a little. <laughs> To some degree. No, I love it. Ryan and I do that all the time. Like some of his counseling techniques, I'm like, hey, you're, you're counseling me right now, aren't you? (laughs) Like, hey, if it's in your toolbox and your arsenal, I say go ahead and use it. So very cool. Um, I have actually really been focusing on trying to get through some lighthearted fiction. And so I have returned to an author that I've read before. It's Jenny Colgan. 
And if you're looking for something that is just lighthearted, um, set in the UK, which let me just say, I've needed to take a vacation from the United States <laughs> yeah. in the last few weeks. We, we were in Canada last week with Schitt's Creek, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, her books are very just escapist. And um, many of them center around tidy, happy endings and uh, cooking and food and bakeries and libraries. And so I highly wow. recommend I highly recommend her stuff. I've got like three or four more in my queue before I have to take them back to the library. So I've been, been trying to work my way through that. And then I'll tell you something else. This isn't reading, but I have found a new scent of my favorite bath salts and they have been saving my life. Um, it's the Dr. Teal's bath salts. And um, I've mentioned on, I think it was on an episode or maybe just us talking the ashwagandha supplement. Oh yeah. It's I've been taking ash- it. Ashwagandha scent bath salts Ooh. and it is like a sleeping pill to me so. does it smell like the bottle like does it smell because I, I can't really detect a smell no it has a very floral scent it's it's flowery oh. scented but oh. um mm, that dr tills man favorite doctor yeah. right now Ooh, favorite doctor <laughs> i have a um i have a covid protocol too I wanted to share with you yeah (laughs) this is not fact checked but a a friend of mine is a nurse in um I want to say she's an ICU nurse and there's like this vitamin cocktail that people have Mm. been taking um that are either you know have COVID don't forgo this you know for medical treatment obviously but it's like aspirin um, because blood clots are concerning um aspirin vitamin d vitamin c zinc quercetin quercetin q-u-e-r beta glucan um and she recommended melatonin mm. <laughs> for sleep. so anyway yeah i added those to my amazon when cart. you say cocktail like you take all that at once just like every day down yeah. the house as just preventative you know like immune boosting i guess um and she like her husband just got it like she was out of t- she's a travel nurse mm-hmm. so she was out of town and her husband got it and got, like got the cocktail home. or got covid got covid got okay. covid um, and she can't get sick. She's a nurse. Like she needs to still be working. And so she's like got an Airbnb somewhere else, but she says they're like, everyone she knows is all of the medical professionals she knows are like taking this as just a preventative. You know, doesn't, doesn't hurt. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, who knows if it actually helps yeah. for sure. I don't know if there's science, but I, I like, it's like, yeah, I'll share that. So you're welcome listeners. Yeah. Uh, spend That's what I think about those <laughs> emergency packets. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah. though I kind of feel like it's mostly sugar water. There's sure. just something psychological. Maybe it's the yeah, um, mind over matter. Yeah, yeah, the placebo effect or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do. I think it may be like one of those keystone habits. Like because you're doing that, maybe you are washing your hands more, and then you're going right. to drink more water, and then you're going right. to maybe get some more fresh air. So it's like a habit that builds on more good habits. And like you said, I mean, it doesn't hurt. None of that hurts at all. Sure, at yeah. all. Well, any other like good news or? things going on. How are your puppies? Are you like, Oh, they're big. I just took a picture of them today. Like where they used to lay on this little vent in our kitchen. They both used to lay on a vent and now they're like taking up half the, the floor space. In yeah. The room. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're great. We're actually, we're, we're going to take a trip this weekend, um, to an Airbnb that's, you know, like isolated and clean. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, 
finally just wanting to get out of town, but we're, we debated like, should we leave them at a kennel? And I just couldn't do it. Well, yeah. no, they have to come with us. So we're paying uh-huh. all this extra money on pet fees and, and, uh, you know, bringing the crates. I, we're going to have to get a U-Haul. Well, that's what I was going to say. We have two now. And by the time we get their crates in our car, either we all pack a backpack and that's it. Or oh, we, smart. we do have a hitch, like a hitch haul system on both of our vehicles. Yeah, but, um, I have to. <laughs> Yeah, it's a whole other whole other ball of wax when you have yeah. two. And, and when they're puppies, I don't know if you just think it. You don't really think about like how ultimately how big they're going to get. But um, yeah. yeah, but again, yeah. we say reward over risk or reward over trouble. Like they are Aww. trouble sometimes, but the reward of having them and their like yeah. sweetness and it it's been great. So it's the same here, man. Yep. <laughs> same. Yeah. Well, I wanted to just, one of my last little happies is, um, for those of you who've listened for a really long time, know that I homeschooled our kids for all these years. And this year we decided to put them in public school and we got their report cards back and not that report cards tell the whole story. They don't, they certainly don't, but our kids just like knocked it out of the park. And it, it has just been such a, maybe data driven or, you know, tangible clue that it's all working out right now for them. (laughs) Even though this was a weird time to put them in school, it was, it's just been really like a relief, I think, to see that all these years of homeschooling didn't ruin Mm -hmm. them. They're good. Um, Yeah. And just have they had to do do any testing like standardized testing yet or statewide? Yeah, they've done a little bit like the first of the year, like the first week, I guess, sort of like Mm -hmm. benchmarking. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my older kids were supposed to have done the PSAT in school, but they had to reschedule it because of like many teachers quarantining. So all that's been pushed Mm -hmm. to January. And then our son was supposed to take the ACT or we had planned for him to take it this December, but we're kind of thinking, let's just wait, let's push it till the spring and Mm -hmm. it's not going to hurt anything. So cool. Well, good. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and just as a last little plug, if you aren't already joining us on Patreon, I'm sharing there every week, a very short bonus episode called the teacher's lounge, where I give some tips and tricks on navigating school, whether it's in person, virtual or homeschooling um, for you and for your kids. It's really good. You guys, it's totally, it's, it's amazing. Claire, I have to say, like, I listen, like every time you send them to me to edit, I'm like, Oh, like, okay, this was good. (laughs) So it's definitely worth it. Y'all hop on over there and check those out. Thank you. All right. Well, let's move on now to our state level, which is our opportunity to just give a quick heads up about some things coming for Milspo gurus. And I have to just say here, Kelly, the thing that we're about to announce and talk about, that's something we've been talking about for almost two years. <laughs> Do you know that this is two years I in the know. making? <laughs> I know. And I don't know why. Like, I, you know, like me, you, Claire, we have this, dis- I won't call it an argument. We have this discussion all the time. Like, I want to do this. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. But then I get hung up on all the tech, like all the, not and not even hung up. I know how to do to set up the thing and to do it. Um, but yeah, anyway, we're, we've finally decided to do this thing that we've been talking about. Drum roll. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no big deal, but we're having a webinar. <laughs> Makes it sound like we're doing a concert. Um, yeah, we're going to do a webinar, you guys on the Enneagram. So, um, we've had and it's this week. It is Thursday, 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 Thursday at two o'clock. Um, hopefully that's a time that was kind of middle-ish enough in the day. We, I know we have listeners all scattered across the whole world. Um, so it's an easy registration and you're going to have access to a replay. There's going to be a private chat. It's not on Facebook, y'all. We're going to host it on our website because we want to make sure that we can control the space and, um, so that you can be there and be fully present and not distracted, you know, everywhere else. So, mm-hmm. 
go head over to millspogurus.com. Um, the actual link is Enneagram hyphen webinar. Uh, if Enneagram spelling hangs you up, if you just sit on the site for a second, you'll get a pop-up. Right. <laughs> so um, just go ahead. You can sign up there. We're going to send a couple of reminder emails too. There's even a calendar download to make sure that you don't forget it. Because if you're like me and it doesn't get on your calendar, it ain't happening. So put it on your calendar. Uh, we're going to spend most of the time discussing um, Enneagram as a system. So this is going to be very like, it's going to it's going to start at the beginner level. We're going to dip into some deeper stuff, but we wanted to make sure that those of you listening who maybe haven't had a proper entry point to the Enneagram, maybe you've heard about it and you don't really understand, like you've gone to a website or something and looked at it and it's overwhelming because y'all, it's an intimidating system. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to make sure to welcome you all in um, and get you started on the right path and the right way to implement this tool because there are a lot of... um, not so right ways to yeah. use the Enneagram. <laughs> so well, let me just make another little plug for those of you who think, well, yeah, but I've listened to a bunch of podcasts or maybe you've even read some articles or taken some quizzes. I think how this might help and differ is that this is truly going to be like a teaching time. It's going mm-hmm. to be, you're going to hear, you know, audio, but you're also going to be seeing slides. And I think it's just going to be a really good way, no matter your learning style, to connect with all the information and kind of like see how it comes together. Yeah. Yeah. So join us for that. We'll have, like I said, we'll have a live chat so you can have a conversation, you know, in the chat that we'll be monitoring and and engaging with you on. It is live. It is not going to be like pre-record. I mean, you have to show up live. You'll, the replay will be recorded. Um, but which also means we are having to get up and do our hair and makeup that day, which is something we have not done very much. (laughs) I haven't in the last several months. We don't do that often. Yeah. And I just want to add too, that we are also incorporating a prize. We're doing a giveaway Mm -hmm. and and it's got a lot of goodies. We're giving away what we consider to be the Enneagram Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're giving away a free course registration. We are giving away several of our downloads, stickers. Like it's just going to be a whole little cool prize pack. So let that be your motivation. <laughs> if, yeah. If the other stuff doesn't get you, maybe getting earn, getting a chance to earn a prize will be the thing. Yep. So come hang out. It'll be fun. Hey friend, quick break to tell you about a few things that we have going on for the fall season. We've been talking and we want to hang out with you. (laughs) We're going to introduce a new monthly hangout open to our lovely supporters on Patreon and we're calling it group therapy. Asterix, we are not therapists. It is not actual group therapy. We just thought it was a fun play Uh, and we don't know about you guys, but we need it. So once a month, we're going to host a Skype hangout, but you can join us face to face to kick us off. We'll do an Enneagram and ask us anything. Uh, parenting, maybe we'll talk about homeschooling, pick Claire's brain on that, uh, and really just whatever you guys are into and what you're thinking about. So we're also thinking of a book club. So if those things are interesting to you, check us out, patreon.com slash gurus for more. Also, we have revamped the Becoming Your Own Guru e-course. If you are a new follower of the podcast, We encourage you to check that out. It is an awesome tool and resource if you are interested in learning more about the Enneagram, but mostly more about the Enneagram as it pertains to military spouse life, challenges, triumphs, all of that. So we actually combined kind of our years of experience and pumped it all through an Enneagram filter so you can learn more about your type, what your type might look like and the different stressors and environments that we find ourselves in and how to navigate transitions effectively. So that you can find on millspokegurus.com slash e-course. All right. Well, 
Without further ado, we are going to get into the federal level of our State of the (laughs) Union address. And here's the thing, guys, you're listening to this on Tuesday. We're recording it the day before on Monday, and we very, very rarely (laughs) wait that late to record for our Tuesday episode because we like to have it done and neat and tidy and in the queue for the, um, you know, prior to the weekend. But we just felt at this time that we couldn't record because we didn't know much as of Thursday or Friday in terms of the election and things were, I mean, they're still unfolding, but we do feel like there's obviously more certainty today than there was at the end of last week. So we are just like you kind of like watching the the evolving updates and news. And we wanted a chance to talk about it here because we've been talking about it up to this point. So yeah, everybody's talking about it. Talking about it. Yes. So, okay. Where are we starting, Claire? Okay. Well, we've kind of both been texting each other a lot of like ideas uh, throughout, you know, the last few days of like, oh, we want to make sure we talk about this. Oh, we want to make sure we talk about that. And I think I'd like to just jump in maybe as an entry point. It was interesting to me, the role that we were hearing about military vote. And I think with our focus here, primarily having an audience of military affiliated listeners, that was fascinating to me. And I have two, two things specifically, and I'll throw them out and then you just, you know, take it from there. But first of all, I thought it was very fascinating. We were watching very closely the Georgia race. Um, We've lived in Georgia. We have family that lives in Georgia. It is for at least for the last few decades, Mm -hmm. traditionally been a very red state. Mm -hmm. And as you're watching the, the toll, the, you know, totals update, you're seeing some heavy, heavy blue. And as I looked at the visual designation outside of Atlanta, which is like not even a Southern city, it's like a major metropolitan top city in the U S outside of Atlanta, the other three major blue areas were military were Mm -hmm. cities where military installations were Savannah, Augusta, and over in the, you know, the Western part where Fort Benning is. And I thought that was fascinating. But then also just this, you know, as the the race is super duper close, we're hearing, yes, but there are still X number of military ballots we're waiting to to put in. And I thought, hey, for once, <laughs> we're, we're maybe a demographic that people are really like paying attention to. And, you know, our what we have to say with our vote is really maybe more important this year than ever. Yeah. So Georgia's, yeah, Georgia, Georgia. We just kept saying like, oh my God, look at Georgia showing up. Like what in the world? I have a friend, a good friend that lives in um, Alpharetta, which is in the suburb of Atlanta. Right. Um, and so I was like keeping close tabs with her the whole time. Um, I think we can't have a conversation about Georgia without talking about Stacey Abrams. Um, so be, Georgia being a traditionally red state is like for sure a fact. Um, and it kind of follows trend along with Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, South Carolina, like everybody, Tennessee. right? Tennessee, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. So um, what happened was Stacey Abrams was a black woman who ran for governor uh, two years ago and lost by 55,000 votes. Mm-hmm. She said she could have like packed her bag and gone home, you know, and done her thing. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. I am going to make sure this doesn't happen again because I feel like she's running as a Democratic governor. So she felt like her um, her people weren't being weren't being represented in in elected offices, but then also weren't showing up to vote. So um, she registered eight hundred thousand people in Georgia. 
800,000 people um, and not just her. And she actually did a great tweet. It She started getting a ton of attention um, and being kind of called out as like the Georgia MVP. <laughs> um, yeah. And because of her, the notoriety that um, she's gained from not only right now in this moment, but also the work that she's done leading up to this moment, she's actually a contender for um, an administration, a place yeah. of administration coming up. Um, so, you know, stay tuned for that. But um, she really graciously said, yeah, sure. You guys know my name, but these are all the other organizations that have helped me register those 800,000 people um, and other, mm-hmm. you know, notable folks, black women specifically um, that kind of showed up and pounded the pavement and worked to combat some of the messaging around uh, disenfranchisement and voter suppression. Like the, the, the whole thing about mailing in ballots being kind of discounted, which again affects our military population, you know, saying that mail-in votes shouldn't count is like, huh? Okay. This is how military folks have been voting for a long time. That's the only way we've been able to vote. The reason we have mail-in voting in the first place and absentee ballots in the first place most likely has to do with military folks not being where they live because they're serving the country. So, you know, that has been something that's impacted. Just to pop this in, I mean, think of how hard it is to even get to that point. Like it is, it's like a master's degree level of like, I'm honestly to like keep up with that year to year of like getting, making sure you have proper documentation and that you're actually receiving the ballot by email or by mail at your current address. And so like, yeah, that's a whole thing just to even get to the point where you have a ballot in front of you to mention. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's true. And then not only that, but then making sure that it was received. I mean, this year with the problems with the post office, right? Like, I mean, there were a ton of delayed, um, issues with getting the the votes actually physically from where the service member or the family member mm-hmm. is to the actual board of election in the state or county in which they are trying to vote. Um, so it was peppered with problems this year. I think they came to light, interestingly, because of the fact that it was such a close race. And then also because of the fact that we're in a nationwide or global pandemic, pandemic. Um, and we're mm-hmm. trying to and we're trying to keep people safe. Um, so yeah. more people than ever, 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 ever even conceived voted by mail this year. Um, so I think it's just something that'll, that maybe as a nation, we just aren't comfortable with yet. Um, yeah. And I had this conversation with someone I was with uh, while I was poll observing on Tuesday uh, about like, why can't we do this on an app or on an email? Like, surely we're mm-hmm. past that in 2020. I'm like, yes, but... <laughs> I don't know. Are we like, you know, there's always going to be allegations of like fraud or hacking. And the best way to combat that Mm -hmm. is having like physical pieces of paper. And y'all, let me tell you, there are so many checks and balances. Like to your point, Claire, about mailing in a ballot is not easy. Like absentee voting is not an easy process. It's not that you just send it in and it's a vote. Like there are so many checks in place along the way. Right. Um, And things that I have never known about until I became involved this year and started observing board of election meetings and going to, you know, all of these trainings and stuff. And I will tell you, I have learned more this year than in my entire traditional education about the electoral process. I mean, it, it is insane how much we don't know, you know, and like, so it's hard to have faith in a system that you don't feel informed about, or you, right. like, it's hard to understand, like when you're watching an online meeting, which I did this, I watched the board of election meetings here, um, for the early voting process where they were, North Carolina started counting their votes. Um, Oh, I want to say it was October 15th 
don't quote me on that. Mid-October, late October, sometime they started. Um, I take that back. October 9th, there was a county in North Carolina that started their um, mail-in ballot counts. October 15th, we started early voting. And technically, early voting kind of gets categorized as absentee um, when you're counting numbers. Um, I thought that was interesting. But um, what so was happening you said is- they were counting, though, are they just counting the number of people who have done it or they're already right. tallying so, okay. So here's the whole process. And this, again, I didn't, and this is different probably for every single state. I actually don't know how, like, and this to your point too, about like, is it, are there, should there be federal laws or should it be state to state? Um, in North Carolina, you can, um, you send the ballot in. So we're watching the meetings. What they did was they, the staff went through first and kind of, um, they call it canvas. They canvas the envelopes. So they're looking at the envelope in North Carolina. We still require, um, a voter signature and a witness signature which I think is interesting. Um, If the, there were all these rules about like, if this, if the signature was close enough to the voter's name, like registration name, it should be approved. So there used to be all these really suppressive rules about it has to match exactly letter by letter. If they leave off the junior or they spell out J-R instead of junior, the word, you can toss it. Okay, that's stupid. Yeah. Right. So they, they leave it. So part of what I was observing for is to make sure that those weren't getting rejected based on that. And it actually right. wasn't rejected. It would just, it goes into this. If there was a problem with the envelope, if it's deemed deficient, they would set that envelope into another pile and say, this has a problem we need to look at. If right. it didn't have a witness signature, that's mainly, that was always the problem is there's no witness signature. Witness signature, fun fact, um, are throwbacks to Jim Crow era. Right. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. So it used to be you had to have, if you were a black man, um, you had to have a white man vouch for you right. um, in order for your ballot to get. So anyway, I digress. So we still have that here. Um, if it was absent of witness signature or the voter signed the witness signature line, so, and it happened all the time, um, then they would set those aside and those would be needed. They would need a cure affidavit, which means election officials contact the voter Hey, you had a problem with your envelope. Come fix it. Right. Right? Okay. So they didn't get thrown out, but it made it more. Again, there's just, there's so many hoops, right? It's not easy. Okay. So then the envelopes are all opened um, in front of the, you know, all of the board of election officials, which are bipartisan, by the way, it's 50, 50, usually Democrat party representative and Republican representatives. Um, The, the whole meeting consists of, you know, these folks, someone, usually the staff can open the envelopes, they flatten the ballots out um, and they put them in this machine that counts the ballots and like they, they, it tabulates all the votes and it reads the votes, but it doesn't say anything, right? Like you right. can't until you hit on November 3rd, the button that says tabulate. Right. They're just kind of stored. I was going to say, just kind of preloaded and ready to go. But no, there's absolutely no hinting at the way a, a state is lean, leaning prior right. to election day. Yeah. Right. Well, go ahead. And then I got to question. Okay. So one thing that I do want to point out, especially because a lot of these meetings now are happening online and, you know, you're able to chime, like view something that I was concerned about when I was watching it is that like they, I could hear them talking, but I couldn't make out the words. So I kept complaining about the microphones. I was like, your microphones aren't, I can't hear, I can't properly observe. Um, I actually befriended a board of election official on Facebook. Cause I'm like, I need to know the answers to these questions. And she was great. Mm-hmm. She told me everything I wanted to know, but she explained 
we still have to maintain privacy. So the reason right. that in, um, was it Pennsylvania, there was a rule about the observers couldn't get within 20 feet um, right. and then they changed it to six feet. That's for right. privacy. It's privacy. still supposed to be a personal process. Like you shouldn't know. And fun fact, um, military members could actually in some states vote um, by sending in an email ballot. So what you do yeah. is you essentially get like a sample-ish ballot um, that is emailed to you. You can print it out. You can fill yours out. You can take a photo and send it back to the Board of Elections office. Our office would print those out on a sheet of paper. And then they were transcribing that sheet of paper because the machine doesn't read that paper. It's not an official ballot. They were having to duplicate that, right, onto an actual ballot. So an actual ballot was you know, hand it out around the table. And what those do, what happens with those, they're duplication teams of people. There's a, there are three people, there's a Democrat, there's a Republican, and then there's a third person who's either or who's the proofreader. So one person calls out the vote, the other person bubbles in the bubbles. They both check each other's work. And then the proofreader checks it one final time. And then that ballot then goes into the machine as a military vote. So when you see people like drawing in ballots, they're not just playing like that's an actual yeah. thing. Right. So and that's yeah. hard to tell. And then, oh, so when they were doing that too, the folks at our office brought in like a box fan and I thought, oh, this is shady. It's not shady. They don't. I don't need to be sitting here taking, you know, tick marks of Trump Biden, you know, while they're reading out ballots. Right. That's not cool. So yeah. they were actually. So that was like a sound that, that was for sound yeah. obscuring. Yeah. Yeah. And just because I don't know that Ooh. doesn't mean they're doing something wrong. Right. And yeah. I think that's what we're dealing with, right? On a wide scale. And I, I'm not, I'm not not smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I didn't know this. And I was, yeah. I was easily incensed by it, right? Like I could have been like, oh, this is not cool. They're going to try to reject the ballot or what are they doing? Yeah. You know, whatever. Okay. It's on me to inform myself. It's not right. on them to stop what they're doing. Cause Lord knows they're busy to explain any of that to me. So anyway, yeah. you I, know what I, my biggest takeaway from that is as a teacher, Read the directions. <laughs> Do it right <laughs> yeah. the first time. So oh my people gosh. have to go yeah. behind you and read it. And I'm sure there are just like a thousand ways people like messed up ballots or yeah. like just uh and unfortunately, in a lot of counties, too, there, there were ballots being tossed aside for cure or for um, deficiencies that right. didn't necessarily need to be. So yeah. they were making it unnecessarily hard for folks. Um, and, you know, that the right thing to do is to go in. And, and so the and those those rosters are public. So we right. had election officials curing votes, uh, you know, curing. And we're actually like we're doing that hot and heavy this week in North Carolina. Um Curing ballots, curing votes that had deficiencies or the machine couldn't read it or whatever. And um, or there was a question about whose ballot it was. So you need to confirm that that person, you know, cast that ballot. And usually all that takes is an affidavit that says, yep, that's mine. And you right. sign it on penalty of federal crime. If you are lying, like, let's right. not let that be like a light thing. Like you don't yeah. people. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't lie. Um, so anyway, they're they're actively curing and, and going around and knocking on doors even yeah. in some. Well, so the parties specifically, I know the Democratic Party is trying to also cure and, and encourage people to go in and cure the ballots because election official calls. Hey, you need to come in. Person says it doesn't matter. I don't want to bother or I can't. So the Democratic oh, wow. Party, I know, for one thing, is actively trying to actually reach these people and say, please, please, please go cure your ballot. 
you know, like, or here's how you can. And let me explain this. And, you know, so that's what's happening now in North Carolina, not to mention the fact that we still have military ballots coming in from overseas. Right. Um, well, I was going to say all that, all that points <laughs> to the fact that like, it's very hard to know like a exact count on election day because there's just yeah. such an ongoing. Um, and I'm sure that that's a small percentage of the votes like that have to have that full treatment done. But it's probably right. more than we think. And it, and, um, but it's the way it's always happened. We've never, right. we've never had, we've never had the state certified election results on election night ever. Right. That's it. That doesn't happen. Um, the media, which I'll let you lead into the next thing, but um, the the media projections are not the same thing as certified results. Right. So, well, that was kind of another talking point I wanted to bring up, and that is. Just I have felt this sense, like just in general, that like many people don't trust the the electoral process, the electoral college, the way it's reported, the way states get certified, the way, um, you know, is, is it the media we're looking at? And I would say largely, yes, you know, we're looking at Fox News or CNN mm-hmm. to tell us who won mm-hmm. this particular state. And it just feels a little bit like there's a, a general wariness of trust, but <laughs> comma, is that because your party isn't winning? You know, like is the is the lack of trust mm-hmm. kind of like only because the person you voted for maybe isn't winning? Like in this mm-hmm. case, m- many Trump supporters are, and Trump himself are calling like, "Oh, this is so, so much unfairness. We can't trust this. We've got to like pursue legal action." And yet, in the 2016 election, there were many states that he was winning by such a similar small margin that. We didn't seem to need to like chase that down then. So that's kind of my bigger question. And and on the flip, you know, like if a, if Biden had not been winning, would people that had voted for him and in the Democratic Party be feeling like, hey, wait, 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 we can't rush to a conclusion here because there's fraud going on, mm-hmm. um, which is the bigger question of as Americans, like, why? Why are we so quick to distrust or trust and like, where do we go from here, kind of, like, in terms of election reform, if there is to be any, or just people reform to, like, not be so untrusting? So I think, I I, I think that a lot of it has to do with um, the traditions of the process, like right. a concession speech. Um, it may seem like a small thing, but it's huge, right? right. So actually, actually passing along um, the and saying, you know, you know what? Okay. You guys spoke, right? Right. Um, 2000, we had the recount in Florida, right? So Al Gore and went on forever. Went on for 36 days, y'all. So everybody Mm -hmm. complaining about three days, like mm -mm. (laughs) 36 days. Um, I listened to a fascinating podcast. I think it was on the daily, um, where they kind of dove into like what actually happened. Cause again, I've never paid attention. Okay. Like 2000, I think I was graduating high school. Like I didn't care. Like I voted, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, whatever. Um, you know, it seemed like then even I remember, cause I think I'm pretty sure I voted Republican back then. Um, it seemed like Al Gore was being a sore loser. And I know I remember he caught a lot of heat for that. Right. Like you can't just go around saying you want to recount because you lost. 
lost, right? That was kind of the mantra. Um, when I actually started learning more about what actually happened, you know, he was able to pick a few like key counties, right? That he was anticipating would lean Democratic. And we wanted to recount those because Democratic votes are typically the ones that are, are more suppressed or more disenfranchised. So um, he he focused in on several key counties um, and they're redoing the, doing the recount, you know, slogging along. He's catching a lot of heat because I think he did either did a concession speech and then said, wait, wait, whoa, Florida's right. kind of suspect and then went back and was like, actually, so that didn't help him because he had already kind of made his way down the path of, of conceding. Um, but so anyway, so he's doing this. He's trying to keep his his party energized. He's trying to keep like Americans in general, like paying attention to what's happening. Right. Um, in a couple of the the Board of Elections offices where they were doing the recounts, which we're seeing now also, we're seeing a repeat of this, um, there was like a riot at one of them. Like oh, wow. There, and I, didn't, I don't remember seeing that publicized. I mean, again, I wasn't paying attention, so it very well could have been. Um, they ended up kind of stopping the recount because they were like, okay, this is dangerous. Like, it's not good yeah. for the country. Like, I'm just going to let it, I'm going to let, I'm going to take this loss. And he did. Um, so now fast forward to today <laughs> where we're having kind of the same issues, but it's being fueled um, from a very, very high level. Um, so yeah, I don't well, know. Fueled from a high level. I totally agree. Also fueled from a, um, not grassroots. That's not, but I mean, everybody's got a Facebook account. Everybody's got a Twitter mm, account. True. And, and that to me, I think that that has to be noted as part of the mm-hmm. lack of trust is we see all these conspiracy theories floating around. We see people feeling like um, maybe things they're posting are being taken down by Facebook. We're seeing mm-hmm. very polarizing viewpoints. Um, and I think that we have to acknowledge some of that has to do with the, just the accessibility of information, the 24-hour news cycle, and the fact that we all have access to typing out our unfiltered thoughts at any moment and sharing them online. God, it's so true. It is so true, Claire. Holy crap. Yeah, because we didn't really have Facebook in 2000. Right. I, mean, I think more people did, but yeah, it, that... Ugh, yeah. Yeah. Then you might have expressed your frustration with your spouse or partner or maybe right. a family in member person. over a phone call or in person. And all you're seeing is what the news is choosing to report to you. And now it's almost as if we are creating our own news or our own, you know, just mm. through the use of social media. And again, I, we're not informed. <laughs> right. So, no, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is, I think, what exhausts me so much about even like picking up my phone right now and looking. I had taken Facebook completely off of my phone for like four or five weeks, and I thought, election's over. I'm just going to put it back on for no, no, a few no. days. Abort, 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 abort. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, that's a, another little segue here. I'm curious about your thoughts. Speaking of like free speech, have you seen? And I I look to do a little preliminary research. It's actually been around since 2018, but there has been a trend starting with a lot of people who are threatening. I don't know if that's the right word, threatening to leave Facebook for another social media outlet called Parler. Have you heard of Parler? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) a little. I, Yes. So what are you seeing in your feed though? I want you to start because I don't think I'm seeing as much of that. Again, I've called my list pretty hard. So I don't know. So you you may have not you may not have as many people in your feed that are threatening parlor. I have a lot um that I see in my feed. And I didn't even know what it was at first. Cause like a lot of times I don't know, back in the day, like people would post like these ambiguous Facebook posts and it would really be like a a callback to like 
breast cancer awareness. Like you would state the name, the color of your bra on your Facebook status and nothing oh, else. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was like your, your little secret, you know, clue. So I'm seeing all this like parlor. I'm like, parlor, what is that? And apparently it's a social media platform that's now surpassing Apple and Google download charts <laughs> this week. Mm. Um, well, a lot of people pit- couldn't get on it because the traffic is so heavy it's that so like heavy. the site yeah. and the server shut down. But apparently it's like supposedly an alternative to Facebook and Twitter that is like promoting itself as a free speech social network. Um, So I guess a lot of people in certain demographics feel that maybe their voices are not being heard or they're being like taken down from sites like uh, Facebook and Twitter. And they want to migrate over to a space where they feel like they have more um, Mm -hmm. freedom with that but I'm trying to see Mm -hmm. where I where I found it but somebody wrote something about how it's the place where like conspiracy theories can go to live or something along that along that line but I have seen our people kind of mocking or not mocking but saying like okay y'all go on to parlor you know like then it'll make Facebook better which I don't agree with that necessarily but um, that's kind of where I've seen it is less I'm going to Mm -hmm. parlor or Okay, bye, Felicia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I so I did so. I, a friend of mine, her name's Bobby Ann. She's a social media professional. She's a pretty she's cool girl. I met her at girl woman. Um, met her at Make Her a couple years ago, and um, she posted a really insightful post today. Um, and she did the research. I have not done the research. I've been on the landing page. I'm not going to sign up for an account. <laughs> I'm a little scared to. Um, but she actually dove into their privacy policy and um, it's parlors, it's interesting. So I, parlors, parlors. Yeah. So um, when we talk about, you know, the reason I think people want to leave Facebook, which look y'all, we, we got our gripe with Facebook too. Um, Facebook was really hard. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everybody has been really um, cracked down on tagging misinformation, fact checking posts, fact checking news outlets that are being shared and posted. Um, they're also taking down things uh, that people see as censor- censorship. And I think there's a conversation there, maybe not for today, but um, right. when you are paying or when you're using a free platform, guess what? It ain't free. It's their platform. They can take down whatever they want. And fun fact, only like 10% of your followers are ever going to see anything you post anyway. So like, right. don't get all excited about the fact that nobody liked your comment and that Facebook is hiding it. Yeah, they're hiding it because it didn't give any kind of reaction. And that's what they want is reactions mm-hmm. and engagement. So mm, grain of salt, right? Like if you want a platform that's uncensored, start a website, right? right? Get a mailing list, hey, right? Or a Market. podcast. Get a podcast. <laughs> or a podcast, right? Nobody's censoring us. <laughs> or maybe they are. Maybe that's why we're <laughs> feeling stagnant. Um, okay, no. So, but interestingly, Parler does not exclude hate speech. Um, that means any and all racist, sexist, homophobic, anti-Semitism, and other similar com- comments and conversations are welcome and unrestricted. Um, and this may be a win in some people's book. I doubt that's why a lot of people are joining. Um, I do think that there's mm-hmm. a genuine desire to be heard and to um, express opinions freely and also gather where people are like-minded. Um, so, right. you know, I respect that. Um, but the, I think what happens though, these are the growing pains that all of the big platforms have gone through and learned from right. and sat in front of congressional and Senate hearings, hearings. to defend mm-hmm. themselves 
about because of the abuse of, of, of power and reach and influence and the way that their platforms had become breeding grounds for really scary stuff that we don't see because it gets censored. Right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I worry, I worry. Let's just leave it there. I worry. It just has a very like MySpace feel to me. I think of like, um, I'll just say that it has, it, it kind of reeks of like, scorned lover of like, well, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Facebook doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they really literally don't, don't care. Like, go don't. on. Like, yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna implode in like maybe, maybe a year, maybe two, you know, like it, it they're going to get less. so crushed yeah. right now. I mean, and think about how slowly Facebook grew, right. Over the last 20 years, I mean, it has been like a whole process. So, um, Good luck to them. You know, I wouldn't want to be, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to be the the parlor CEO. He's probably basking in the user uptick right now, but um, he, she, maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah. But I, uh, well, good luck. I would be curious too of like all the people who are like threatening to leave Facebook to go hang out over there. Are you truly going to get rid of Facebook or are you going to still be like checking it to see what else everybody else is saying? <laughs> I find it. So I'm looking right now at my computer screen too. It's fascinating. I'm seeing the two icons kind of stacked on top of each other, the way my browser tabs are set up. And I'm seeing a blue Facebook bubble and a red red parlor square. Isn't that funny? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Look, everybody needs their community. Everybody needs their space. That's right. I just, just be careful y'all. Media literacy. I don't care where you are. Everyone should understand media literacy. Like all of the... I'm going to, I'm going to share a really cool, um, Instagram page that I discovered last week and have been like obsessed with. Um, he's actually a, he used to work for, um, I want to say like CBS and let's see, where else has he been? Uh, CBS news, Fox news, Condé Nast, Bloomberg are some of the, I cannot say his last name, but some of the outlets that he's worked for as a political correspondent. Um, his name is Mosh, but it's M O S H E H. Um, and I, like, again, I, I don't know, I don't know how to say his last name, but I'm going to try. Um, but he has been breaking down and doing Instagram lives almost nightly and literally people send him conspiracy theory memes and, and, you know, gifts or whatever. And he's like, okay, cool. And he'll go Google it. Right. And he'll go like, break it down, like, and teaches people how to Google the thing themselves as well. Um, mm. you know, and how to look for stuff. And it's a, I, I wouldn't say it's unbiased. He's probably left leaning. That's why I like him. Um, but it's very factual. I mean, it's very factual. Mm-hmm. So, um, Anyway, check him out. I've been really enjoying some of his breakdowns. Um, and he's asked, you know, he's like, yeah, send me whatever. Like if you're, if you are a Trump supporter, like send me what you want me to look into on the other side too, you know? So he's very yeah. accessible. Like he's already liked the comments that I've posted and whatever. So anyway, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed that. But again, he, t- he says like, okay, these are verifiable news net- networks and outlets. These are folks right. you should trust. Um, not all like, you know, Google stuff too in their, in their, in their, you know, post or article, but still like, you can't just take stuff from a website you've never even heard of, or just a screenshot of a paragraph from something like that's not yeah. fact. Um, and then it spreads like wildfire. And then we have problems like what we're seeing today. So yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a whole, yeah, your topic of med- media literacy. I think that that's something we've definitely talked about before on this podcast, but so very important. And I've seen memes going around about how you, the diet you feed yourself isn't just the food, but it's the the things you watch. It's the 
things you read. It's mm. all the things you ingest. And um, I know for me, I'm like really aiming for health, overall health with my food intake and my media intake. And it's really easy. I noticed just in the last few days, like we normally don't watch the news at all. And we had it on a lot oh, over the last like oh, three yeah. or four days. And I, yeah. I could feel a, a physical reaction. Like there would be times I'd say, if we're going to have it on, we're going to have to mute it. I can't handle any noise because the visual stimulation was so much. Um, and then at some points it was like, okay, we're just turning it off and we'll check it again in a couple of hours. We don't need to just have it on. So I can only imagine like for those who maybe keep that on 24 seven, how that is impacting mind, body and spirit. <laughs> so yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Even those poor like broadcasters in the, oh my gosh, you, who was the guy, Kanaki, Karnaki, what, was he CBS or something? I don't remember. Did you see him? I'm going to have to show you something. Like he was like nonstop and his math was like off the charts. Like yeah. they would call in, you see those poor reporters like trying to do math, you know, right. and like they couldn't and he was like, okay. And he'd do the math like on the fly. He hadn't slept in like six days. <laughs> yeah. MVP right there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you my MVP real quick. My MVP, I was just so super fascinated with John King on CNN. Dude touched that screen a million and one times, like zoom out this County, that County. I'm like, I am getting my, my astigmatism can't handle this. And I'm just watching it. How are you doing this? Like, Several days in, I'm like, he's still just zooming out. I'm like, well, if this county, this, and I'm like, that is, that's just like next level because I would have had a stroke by now if I were him, like just doing all the zooming in and zooming out and his math too. And I would get tickled. Some of them are trying to use the touch screen part of the board, yeah. to like write numbers and um, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Fun. So one, one interesting thing about him though. So I saw a meme floating around, uh, of like an actual, like a, a clip of him, you know, going back and forth with Wolf Blitzer or whatever. Uh-huh. And he tapped the screen and it looked, they had doctored this clip to make it look like he got a notification on the screen. You know, if you're like Zoom right. sharing, um, it was a notification and it said Pornhub on oh, it. Oh no. And he, the way he like tapped the screen, flicked it away and then um, kind of made this awkward look, made it look like he had actually gotten a notification uh, and like people were like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Like, y'all, it's not real. Those are dedicated software programs. They are not connected to the internet. Like, that's yeah. not like his like cell phone being cast on a screen, yeah. but they were circulating. And I kind of bought it for a second. I was like, oh my God, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Like, no, it did not happen. So, yeah. But to your point, how easily we're duped, how easy it is to make a meme, to over, you know, put text or pictures, Photoshop. Yeah. Um, it's easy to do. So be aware. Okay, everyone. So we're going to we're gonna put a pin in the conversation right there. Um, head on over to Patreon, though, because we still have lots more to discuss. Um, and we're going to do that uh, with a little bit less of a filter. So if you're interested in hearing a continuation of the conversation, uh, join us over there mil- or patreon.com slash gurus. And we'll be, we'll be back next week. We plan on tackling a game plan for the holidays. So (laughs) join us. Um, And if you have tips or experiences that you would like to share leading up to that, you guys know, we always love your emails, uh, your voice memos, etc. So let us know how you're gonna, um, how you're gonna address the holidays with, with everything, everything, right? So uh, all right, you guys, see you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. 
For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice, not giving.